Hey guys, this is Ira Coleman, the founder and president of Fluent Hustle. We're here on set at Capital One Cafe in Austin, Texas on 6th and Congress. We are continuing our financial confidence and money series. And today we have Matthew Hemsley, Capital One Cafe's philanthropy and grant officer. And the money coach we have is Amanda D. Woody. And we're going to be taking the opportunity to speak with our guest, Adriana uh, Cantu, who's going to expl explain what her business is about, uh, Revelix, and what she's looking to do to make a change in the health industry. Uh, this is the first time we're here in Austin, Texas. This is a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, Matthew and I, I should say Hemsley and I, um, had spoke uh, a couple weeks ago, and he's super excited to really share about what the Cap uh, Capital One Cafe is doing here in this marketplace. And then Amanda's going to be going a little bit more in detail about money coaching and what it really means to entrepreneurs overall. Flow Hustle believes in empowering entrepreneurs via a community of trust, sharing, learning, and growth to ensure entrepreneurial success and personal fulfillment is achieved. And Capital One Cafe believes in empowering people to feel confident about their relationship with money by leveraging resources to solve their money problems and help them reach their financial goals. Both Fluent Hustle and Capital One Cafe are focused on helping people develop important life skills. Fluent Hustle wants to help entrepreneurs build their business, their network, and their world. And Capital One Cafe wants to help people take control of their personal finances and achieve their financial goals. Moving forward, you know, with, uh, with Hemsley, as we, as we like to give him a call, um, you know, formerly known within the team of his, um, you have uh, joined the Capital One Community Affairs team back in 2016, so just a couple years ago, and uh, ma managing philanthropy for, uh, for Texas. What does that mean? Good question. What does that mean? Actually, I have a long history in the nonprofit spec sphere, and I came over to the Capital One side because of how they manage their philanthropy. And our viewpoint with our community partners is that they are true partners. It is not transactional in any way. It is more of a, we meet our partners where they're at and our portfolios market by market very greatly to meet the needs of the cities and communities that we were based in. And you have over 200 community partners across you know, 11 different markets, um, including many of them are here in you know, Austin. And you know, prior to you know, Capital One, you, know, you had you know, worked in a, uh, the nonprofit sector as a consultant and fundraiser um, in higher education, government, and, and arts. Um, how has that transition to you know, jump into you know, managing so many different partnerships? And what do those partners look like uh, from your field and um, you know, your seat and what you're doing? Sure. So I like to think that I'm kind of the nonprofit and business world translator. When I get to sit down with our partners, it is not let's do a whole PowerPoint presentation, let's do the pitch, let's do the things that you think that we want to hear. Yeah. It is we have our Future Edge initiative, which clearly states the three things the three themes that we're very interested in making an impact in, and just having those very face-to-face -face conversations and sitting down and having the honest chat of how can we help, not just fund, but through volunteerism and the actual philanthropic dollar, but developing programs that a nonprofit partner may not even have in their, their aspirational sphere. So we have very, very positive aspirational conversations of, you know, if you had the means, what could we do together? Right. And uh, you, when you and I had spoke over um, about a month or so ago, you know, you talk about how special the Capital One Cafe has been, um, you know, with Austin being a city of hustle and bustle and so much really happening here and things that are, are you know, transitioning, you know, within this community. Uh, you specifically said this is a special place for your partners to take advantage of that. And I want to, you know, allow the audience to understand what do you mean by, you know, getting your partners to really come in here and experience what you guys have to offer from a cafe perspective? Sure. And first and foremost, 
Austin, Texas is our first market in Texas that has traditional retail branches and the cafes. So it has been a wonderful test and learn situation for us, also hand in hand with our partners. So the whole setup of a cafe is to increase someone's relationship with their, their money, which is a super stressful relationship. But also it's just very welcoming, it's non-traditional, it is face-to-face, -face, which is something that is near and dear to my heart about Capital One, no matter what level you're at, whether you're a customer or internal, it is, we come together face-to-face, -to -face. so with our community partners, this is their space as well. Like we, we view this as a community resource, and it's something that whether you're a customer or not, if you're a community partner, you now have a downtown office in Austin. Yeah. You have one up at the domain as well. So we work specifically with our partners to either do financial literacy programming here, or they can hold their meetings here. We're evolving alongside of them with the market as well. And what I you know, like you know, in terms of what you're doing is that you know, you're really looking at yourself as not just a person that can provide funds, um, but you know, someone that you can you know, uh, you know, find creatives, find you know, a, a collaborative relationship, um, and really make sure that you can hopefully elevate these opportunities and partnerships you have going on, as opposed to just giving people grants. Um, and what, what does that mean to you from a personal level, to be able to you know, have that as you know, top of mind as you're going out there you know, make, building these relationships with your partners, but then also making sure the messaging is reciprocated the right way from the partners you're working with? Sure, so just going back to what I touched on earlier of having those dream big conversations, a lot of times with partnerships, it is building that level of trust that we're a financial backer and partner, but it is programmatic-wise. We have thousands of associates in Texas that do skills-based volunteerism, so everything from hearts and hands to we have marketing teams and HR that will go out and teach our workforce development partners in a space just like this, mock interview skills, resume building, LinkedIn updates, everything along those lines. So it is, we try to integrate all of our spaces as a resource, but also leveraging that with our community partners so that they know that it's not just filling their financial, you know, their fiscal year, one year to the next. It is, if you could do these things, what would it look like? And then my job, I'm part of a whole team where our job is to help make those things become a reality and help guide that so that it's the right fit for the nonprofit partner, but also for Capital One. And you, you briefly you know, touched on uh, Future Edge. Um, you know, for the audience and many who haven't heard about Future Edge, you know, it's a wonderful program, but can you elaborate a little bit further on that? Sure, so Capital One itself, the Future Edge initiative launched three years ago, and it is our commitment to share $150 million with our community partners over a five-year span. And with that, it actually manifests itself through three pillars of building skills for the 21st century, which workforce development and education. It's a digital economy. We are a digital organization. So any way that we can help along those lines is where we stand up that pillar. And then small business development, we do anything and everything to make sure that the small business community is well supported, but also has resources that it needs. And then the third is financial well-being, taking it above and beyond just financial literacy, but meeting people where they're at and money coaching is definitely a great manifestation of that, that we want people to have the best relationship possible with the, their finances because that just comes back and builds community as a whole as well. 
And we speak about that, you know, understanding, and we'll get to man a little bit, delve a little bit deeper into this, but, you know, understanding that, that personal relationship with money and the finances and how that is going to further elevate communities, especially in communities that don't have those resources easily, easily you know, available to them. And, um, you know, my understanding is that Capital One Cafe and your ambassadors and your teams are getting out into those communities that need, uh, you know, all the support they can possibly get to make sure that sure. you can provide that financial uh, confidence and literacy, you know, across all levels. So what do you look most forward to? You know, you're talking about this being, you know, the first REITs uh, cafe, um, you know, in, in, in the Texas space. Um, you know, what do you look forward to you know, as you continue to grow? Like, you know, what, what's, you know, something that you're waking up every single day just grinning at and, and, and just looking forward to seeing what's going to come next? Well, my job in general, yes. But this, like, the situation in Austin, like the opportunity of it is test and learn. Capital One is very test and learn in how it pursues putting the customer first. So how Austin leads the model within Texas, which the programming and the ambassadors and everything that's set up within the cafes themselves is the best foundation launching pad of it's as genuine and as open and as friendly as it can be. So for me, it's working with our very creative Austin partners to help us through that evolution process to find out what can be done and then also refine it so that as we build that out across the state of Texas, like this gets to be a great, great model and a great place to, to jump off from. And are you guys proactively reaching out to your partners? Are your partners reaching out to you? Like, how does that relationship initiate? Both, actually. So we're very much on the forefront of making sure that as the cafes were coming online, that our partners are aware of it. Even how we leverage cafes for South by Southwest, which Capital One will be using this space right here during the the South by Southwest for 2019. And with some of our other partners, it's conceptually of a, well, how would I use it? Why would I use it? And anything from, even from their fundraising side, if they need to come downtown and have meetings, and it's a neutral place to have a meeting, they've come in, they've used it, but then also talking through the different ways and different aspects and the assets and capacities of each, each cafe of, why wouldn't you use the space? Right. It is an extension for them that they have alternate locations for meetings, but also job training and everything else. And so, it, go ahead. Oh, we've had SCORE do workshops at the domain location um, to help small business owners dress for success workshops. For sure. yeah. um, they've come out and done them. Um, some of those organizations have also used the meeting rooms. Um, so we have a lot of folks coming out and doing like delivering their content here, and then we'll deliver part of it with them. Yeah. And this space is a very unique room. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's two walls of glass. Um, you got the micro tile right behind us. And you know, it's, it's a pretty good meeting area that can you know, definitely provide that first impression for some of your partners that are looking to have those meetings in, in a centralized location, like you said. So uh, Amanda, um, you know, we talk about money coaching. And you know, I'm a big fan of the money coaching program. Personally, um, you know, as a partner you know, with, with Capital One Cafe, and just be able to see some of our, my, our audience the guests that have come here to be able to take advantage of the resources that are available to happen. Um, and you, know, you have a background in, in working with the money coaching um, you know, since it, it launched here in Austin. Um, and you worked with hundreds of clients and helping them you know, fight those limited beliefs that they might be going through, making sure that the money-making decisions are in, within line with their values. Um, how important is it to you to make sure that your clients are able to, to recognize the importance of having that relationship with money and this way it can be a driving factor for one last thing for them to worry about. Very important, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a wonderful job to have. 
So um, what the Money Coaching Program is doing is basically at its core is a complimentary service to help take the stress out of money and take the stress out of finances. Um, and we do that um, in a really um, nice way. So you get to come into one of our cafes, enjoy a nice coffee, meet with me. We'll do a deep dive into your goals. And throughout the Money Coaching Program, um, we'll refine your goals, refine your values, um, and look at um, sort of what are the roadblocks that are getting in the way, and then help you create a plan to get where you want to go. And you have a background as a life coach, um, self-employment, you know, startup experiences. And you know, with Flo & Halston, we really kind of focus around the entrepreneurial journey and what it takes to get into business. And you can really speak from that, you know, that relationship and making sure that your clients, you can sit on the same side of the table with your clients and, oh, and going through those. Um, without getting into to many details, but you know, when someone approaches you and says, hey, I want to open up a business you know, in the next year or two or five years down the road, or that's one of their aspirations, um, what's that journey that, that you're, or even if they want to go on and take a vacation, right? And, and you know, whatever it might be, what's that journey that they'll go through uh, with the money coaching sessions and working with you? Yeah, the first most important thing is to get the vision, especially with the business example. Um, you know, people want to start a business, but they're not sure exactly what they want. So we have to create a vision, and it's not just a vision of what you want the business to be, but what do you want your life to be, too? Um, because those two things are really important. How you want your life to be it will dramatically impact the business that you build. Um, and so we'll spend a lot of time around vision and goals and maybe how what their values are and how you, they want their values to show up in their business. Once we have clarity around that, then we'll sort of see where some of the holes are. Like maybe, um, maybe there is a belief that's going on. So for example, some people might think, oh, I, you know, I want to own a business, but I can only make so much money. <laughs> um, and so that belief impacts their actions. So if we find something like that, we might work on that. Like what would be another way to think that might help you act a little differently and lead to success? And then once we have a really clear idea of what the plan is, then we start mapping out the steps to get there. I'm not telling anyone what to do. Um, it's really a, like a, one way to describe coaching is a facilitated monologue. <laughs> and, and that's important, right? Like, you know, I, I spoke about this in, in previous shows is that, you know, we're all intelligent um, in our best capacity. And when it's our idea, we take ownership of that idea. When you're telling me to go do something, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to accept it, right? I'm going to be reluctant upon it. But when I get that aha moment, and it's something that I've been holding within, and I come to the conclusion myself, I'm able now to take empowerment to move forward and, and obviously uh, you know, embrace whatever that change might be. You know, yeah, you know, well, you're ahead. the expert on you. And so as a coach, I can't tell you how to live your life, but I can be a professional question asker to help you dig in and really find that piece of you that wants to come out, a professional mirror to help you see yourself more clearly, and a kick in the butt to help you get there faster, which is really important for coaching. right? Yeah, exactly. And what kind of questions do you ask? Um, well, it depends on the client, what they need. So like one of the things you say in coaching is I ask powerful questions, but the reality is, is it's in whatever's in the moment. So I ask questions that are open-ended um, and then lots of questions to help the client dive in to um, get what they want. Sure, sure. Um, and you, you also guys, you know, away from the money coaching sessions, you have a ton of workshops that are ongoing. Um, is there any particular workshops that, that you know, people can be aware of? happening soon uh, here in Austin that are top of mind for you? Well, we're having a big event tomorrow night with Boss Babe, yes. uh, which will not be tomorrow night by the time this shows me, <laughs> but um, it'll be lovely. Um, I don't know if we have anything on the books for our money coaching workshops, but we do frequently have a workshop called Your Money, Your Values, that's all about diving into your values and then looking at your spending and how you're spending, um, how you're currently honoring those values with your time, money, and energy, and how you might want to see shifts. 
Um, we have one called Talking Money with Your Honey um, that we did recently that's all about um, having uh, meaningful conversations with your partner um, about money. That um, was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> and I, I was just a fly on the wall. Um, it was one of my you know, first workshop experiences back in the Denver Cafe. And it was pretty entertaining to bring, bring couples and significant others in a room together and make it a game. And, and, and really have you know some transparency and authenticity around the conversations, and they're going back and forth, you know, talking about you know what is your significant other's habits or uh, values and relationships, and see if they can get it right or wrong was pretty interesting to, to see that come about. Which it's a fun way to have a daunting conversation in some relationships. Yeah, we try to make everything light and fun, and to take the intangible part of money, especially now that we don't use cash very much, and then make it tangible. So we do have fun exercises, and you'll have a pen in hand, and um, we'll just try to sort of bring it to um, from the abstract into the physical world and add um, a glimmer of fun. So you make a valid point about you know not having money in hand, and you know this has become a very you know uh, you know technology-driven industry, very transactional. Um, maybe you can speak to this Hemsley, Hemsley about you know what are your partners facing as that banking you know scenario and situation personally is happening, um, and how are your clients you know uh, you know taking on those challenges as well because things are happening so quick before you know they manifest into a bigger problem. Whereas you know 10, 15 years ago, it, it wasn't happening that quick. Sure, and I would just mirror what's been said that the programs that happen within the cafe itself and how they're structured is to help the general public, our customers, our clients, but also our partners, that some of our community partners are within that high-risk population where digital banking leaves specific demographics farther behind than others. So even from Ready, Set, Bank and other products that we've shared with the community, they're designed customer first to be simple, usable, mobile, but also in person so that wherever someone is at, there's an entry point to have that conversation. Love that, love that. And we're gonna get our guests up here today. You ready? ready. All right, we're gonna take a quick break while we uh, might change this thing up. Hensley, thank you. All right, so we have our guest up here, Adriana Cantu, co-founder and CEO of Revelix, um, which is a digital health company developing imaging software to re revolutionize how diabetic limb complications are monitored and prevented. Now, you have a pretty strong background in the health industry, um, and you decided to, to bring this, this business together um, by being on the front end of you know, the situations that are coming across with uh, diabetic issues. Right. and. Uh, uh, clients and patients that have dealt with um, losing of their limbs. Right. Um, how did that come about? What does that you know that that business business model look like? And uh, you know, we'll just understand who you are first. Yeah. So uh, happy to be here. So thank you for inviting me to uh, participate in this. My background is clinical. Um, so I'm co-founder and CEO for uh, digital health company Revelix. And as a clinical on the clinical side, I'm actually trained as a physical therapist. And uh, so I could still, you know, license the practice in Texas, but I would say let's focus on the second part. I'm board certified as a wound care specialist, so um, that has really been my area of expertise. So I've been a clinician on the front line, focusing on wounds that didn't don't heal, 
Um, so I've seen patients come in with these types of complications that we're looking for. Um, and then most of my career has actually been as an executive in the industry. So I was an early member of a small company that grew very rapidly over 10 years. My role grew. I was in executive management, 200 you know, plus yeah, clinicians in the field, um, you know, 100 plus revenue. And so that was really, even from a, an executive experience, the industry is really uh, what I know in wound care. So recognizing that there's still plenty of room to uh, innovate is, is what led me to this company. How did, how did you feel going from a top executive to now saying you're gonna start your own business? And what, what was that transition like? Um, and you know, how, how did you feel when you made that decision? Well, uh, that's a, it's a really, that's a great question because um, it's quite a leap of faith. Um, you know, so I was there for 10 years and I love that company. Some of my best friends are still there. And, uh, but you know, you get to this place where you realize, okay, uh, I had done what I had, actually I had done some really great things there, and, uh, but I re realized there's really more to be done. And um, I was a privately owned company. I reported to the father and the son and they were okay with what, the way things were. So I was like, okay, this is now my chance. And so when I left, I figured I would continue to automate some of the skin assessments. Um, but that meant leaving a very comfortable uh, salary, leaving my status, leaving my friends, um, and being there for 10 years, it was really the world that I knew. And so uh, I didn't even have a LinkedIn page because I never thought I would leave the company. I love, you know, I love that. So it was just this trust that I would figure it out again. Um, and so it's, it was very daunting, but um, it's been a journey to rebuild my LinkedIn profile, but, to, <laughs> but actually to, re to build my network around this position. Um, and you talk about you know walking away from a, a cushion salary, right? Yeah. Um, and you know that's probably going to fall right in line with Amanda's you know conversation and, and dealing with that. Uh, what fears were you going through um, when you decided to step away from that and you took that leap of faith? Uh, a lot of it was uh, about identity, um, not knowing yourself. I mean, in that role, and I had grown up in that company, so that is what I knew. And um, it was this sense of looking at my path and saying, could I do it again? You know, how do I fit into the other world, which is, you know, everything else? Um, and then, you know, the salary I had, is that something that I could, you know, find again? Uh, so it was just not knowing. So it was really when I recognized this opportunity to start this company, it happened, uh, you know, um, accidentally, but beautifully. I met my co-founder at a medical conference and uh, just really immediately recognized the opportunity. And that's when I was very thankful that I had been a good steward of my money um, and uh, in a position to try and start this company. Um, but those fears, those fears are legitimate. And so having the ability to really you know, reconcile what can you do financially, what, can you, what are you prepared to take on um, and start that journey. Shift from being an executive to being the CEO of a startup. Like, how, how has that shift changed how you view yourself? Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question because um, I I feel like I work the very same way that I did in that company. It's just the way that I work. If I'm in the hospital, I mean, I'm all in, and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve and you know make things efficient and just really make it uh, deliver quality care to those patients. As my uh, career has you know, moved on, my role went into senior positions and I realized, okay, I'm not in front of the patient anymore, but my ability to impact them is here. And now, but as I grew, I had to let go of, I love being with the patients, but what I do know is what it's like to care for a patient directly. So now I'm saying, okay, how can I bring technology to benefit those people on the front line so they have the tools, they have the means to deliver the very best care to the patients. And so that's really 
Um, my role, it just it feels the same, so uh, I own this differently. Um, it's how I work, so there's a title uh, in this case, but it feels, feels, feels good both ways. And having that, you know, that, that experience directly on with the customer is, is always you know, front of mind with you when you're moving forward within your, your business. Um, but you're in, two, you're, you're, you're in a medical industry and you're, and you're in a tech industry. Oh, wow, and yeah. they're both driving <laughs> forward really quickly, right? Right. Um, what, what, are some, like, what are some challenges that, that you're facing um, you know, to, to stay competitive, to get people to understand that it's important for your product of imaging um, is going to be crucial you know, in the future to make sure that you are taking care of the client, the patients moving forward? Yeah. So it's really interesting because coming from the clinical side, you're like, great, this, is, this should be like a no-brainer. You can totally, you know, bring a product into the market. Well, you know, so here I am, a CEO of a tech company, uh, but I'm clinical. So it's a really steep learning curve that I had. A, I have a, you know, phenomenal uh, co-founder who's been a serial entrepreneur, successful there. So there's a lot of learning that goes into, but now, you know, I've really, um, I feel much, you know, better. I understand very much about what it is that we need to do to, to get that to the market. Um, it really is, uh, and bringing in great talent, I have one of my you know, team members here who's, who's joining the company that will really take our, our product from where it is now as an imaging uh, solution into the market by next year. And, go ahead. Oh, no, I just remember being part of, being I have a background in healthcare IT prior yeah. to being a coach, and so I remember being a, a, a tester early on in the yeah. product development. Yeah. I'm really curious about the product development process. Yeah, so, we're, so what we're doing is we're developing, you know, that early, uh, early detection of uh, limb complications, so the types of things we look for, wounds, um, infections, and then the complications after that uh, are um, amputation. So being able to, in a non-invasive way, meaning no contact, pick up on those complications. So a doctor has the ability to have that patient in front of them, get insights about their limb health immediately, and uh, really put a plan of care into uh, place for that patient. It's a type of things that, you know, not recognizing that uh, if someone has diabetes or anyone with diabetes, about one in four will experience uh, a small wound that will not heal. And so that's the type of things that we can prevent and we're looking to, to prevent. So that product journey is really from testing and making sure that it can be useful and a lot of it is just advancing the core um, image processing. So that's all tech. So my clinical background is great. You're still a steep learning curve to understand how do you actually then sell that into the healthcare market, um, the regulatory constraints, the reimbursement, all of that is a huge learning curve. So I'm thankful for my background, uh, but now I've added a few more layers of you know, how to do this to my, to my, my background. <laughs> And what I love about, you know, you're talking about the clinical experience, you're talking about the tech learning curve, um, but you have been very resilient in learning as much as you possibly can. Right. You're, you're involved in these different accelerators. Right. Um, you're you know, becoming more well-rounded about what can you do within your industry that's different, but more important, how do you make yourself better? Uh, how do you make yourself better as a leader? How do you make yourself better as an owner of, a, of, a, of an organization and a company um, that is in a very competitive and difficult industry itself? Um, what have you learned going from you know, managing other people, managing uh, another company's finances which were not yours, um, to now you're managing, you know, more intimate relationships they're bringing onto your team, and now you're managing a, um, uh, you know, finances that are directly tied to you and your well-being. <laughs> yeah, they are. So, um, you know, it's, I've always been a good steward of uh, my money, other people's money, and so you, you do recognize, I mean, you're responsible, especially as if you're in a leadership role, um, but uh, as, as in touch as I was, you know, in the other company, boy, is it very palpable what you're doing here. You know, I would always hear people say, 
uh, early on and say, hey, whatever your plans are for this company, you need to have like twice, twice, give yourself twice the runway and twice the time. Like, ah, it sounds, you know, it sounds great. Well, it's true. So uh, that's really where you recognize you can sort of see that plan that you've set out start to get really tight and you've got to find your opportunities. Um, one of the things with money coaching, I mean, you nailed it, was really uh, understanding uh, you, what your resources are. I mean, part of it is the, the money, but part of it is where you spend your time, how you spend your energy, because there's really, there's only a few things that you do have control of as when you're trying to build a company, um, and it's that. So being able to understand what needs to happen first, what's your vision, how will you get there? There's so many ways that you can pull from your community. Um, money coaching is, is one of those avenues as well. So over time, how have you been a steward of your precious resources, your time, money, and energy during this process? <laughs> back, back to the way I work. I love my work. So I work, um, you know, it's my, I, it's just what I do. I love, you know, when I was in the hospital, I mean, I loved what I did there. And then you couldn't really work on patients because you went home. But every, th every other job I've had, well, the other job. So the other job and then this one, you know, it was sort of a 24-7. But it is, you fall in love with your work. Now, obviously, I have a life, so I have friends, and I have, you know, I have other things. But um, so it's a it's a tough question for me. But it's I'm also I happen to be fulfilled by thinking about my work. So when I am want to relax, I actually uh, I go and think about my work. But then I have to do work to actually you know move things forward. Um, but that relationship is important to keep keep in uh, keep in check. In terms of like being a good steward of money, what does that mean to you? In the, in the case of the uh, startup company, you know, startup, uh, that relationship is knowing that I'm doing everything I can to position the company for the next phase, which is, you know, to get uh, external investment. So it really is important that I have really spent my money wisely, done the due diligence so that I have, um, you know, de-risked as much as I can with my own, you know, funds and time so that uh, I give the company the position for our next phase. You're not the only person that can uh, say, hey, I'm going to go um, find my own time and relaxing and think about business. You do, yeah. yeah. Good job. I was like, am I the only one in this world? No, that does that? You no I'm not. So let's kind of jump back to when you're in your, uh, your corporate career, leadership, executive leadership, um, and you notice that there's some change about to happen for yourself. Um, what did you do to start preparing yourself for that change? Um, and did you already have in mind that you were going to start a new business before you walked away? Or what did that look like? I did not. Uh, I did not. Um, when I, one of the last emails I sent out, again, I had a great, great team uh, all throughout the country. And I, I said, uh, I forget what the line is from, but I said, I may, I may not know where I'm going, but I definitely know I'm on my way. Um, so it was sort of that trust that uh, this was the right thing for me and I would figure it out. Um, so when I left, I thought, well, you know, I'd been there for 10 years, so I said, okay, I'm going to give myself 30 days in Hawaii to surf, or what else could I do? You know, so it's like figure out, it's like I had to figure out a, a way to figure out how do I reapply myself to the industry and, and what have I learned? Um, so, that, so no, I didn't go surf. Uh, what I did do is go to the uh, TED Med conference, so that just shows you how much of a geek I am on the medicine side. That was where innovation happens, and it's where I met my co-founders. It was a very fortuitous, you know, uh, choice. But the second thing is I actually um, sought executive coaching for myself. Um, so very similar, you know, to the money coaching is just this ability to have an outside third party, you know, uh, assistant to let you reevaluate where are you, what's important, um, how will you reposition yourself for the next goals that you have. So it really was a, an integral part of me um, uh, starting over 
and, uh, and a, a huge part of my confidence in being able to feel like, okay, I can do this. You left 30 days, you gave yourself 30 days. I gave myself, well, no, I wanted to be in Hawaii for 30 days. Uh, <laughs> so, well, so be in Hawaii for 30, I got you, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and what was that timeline to, you know, you, you went to the conference, uh, you met your co-founder, how soon did you uh, two come together to say we're gonna start? So the funny thing is, um, uh, Scientific American offered, you know, 10 people an opportunity to go on this VIP excursion through the TEDMED conference, so I was one selected. Uh, my co-founder, Gary, was also selected. So the very first breakfast, so I show up, I was excited. Um, he's sitting to my left, as you are, it's like, hey, how are you doing? You know, Gary, you're I should shake your hand then. Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was it. That was it. So, uh, uh, but right then and there, you know, he comes from the tech side, and I was, you know, here I am in the wheelchair. He's like, hey, is uh, temperature important in your world? I was like, yeah, it's like one of the most important things we, we look for. And uh, with his background in mind, it was just beautiful uh, opportunity. Right then and there, we started to talk about what is Revelix. Um, I have notes from that conference that was us architecting um, the model. He left his role at the end of that year. Um, he was CEO of another company, and we formed uh, Revelix. You think that was a, a, a question for him to, to, to seek someone else to come on board with him, or was it just a genuine conversation starter um, to, to see what solutions can come together? And just turns out that there's two people that had the same passion and energy to, to make a difference. He he was a uh, serial entrepreneur and had a successful exit, and he knew the roadmap, you know, for certain uh, like mobile, you know, technology. So it was him looking to actually come into the healthcare space. Um, I happened to be the person that had, you know, a, it was just a perfect match of our backgrounds and ability to actually take this on independently, you know, together. So that's what we did. It was just a, you know, so you, you never know when opportunity will come up. I did not plan to start a company this way, but it has worked out. That's awesome. And uh, so you've been a part of a couple of accelerators. One I want to talk about in particular is Div Inc. Yeah. And, you know, how much of the support they've been for a driving factor to, you know, your immediate success out the gates. Um, and you know, giving you a, a, a place that is, is comforting and yeah. uplifting and elevating. Can we speak about that relationship? Yeah, I'm happy to. Um, Devink is a, uh, an accelerator program that focuses on uh, women and ethnically diverse founders. Um, they are uh, really, I consider them family uh, now because I was in the first cohort. They have a, a phenomenal team of advisors. I mean, anybody in the audience that is thinking about starting a company, please you know, reach out to the folks at Devink. Um, pay attention to what they're doing, but it's the type of network and community that you know very much is like what's being created here, where there are resources, there are uh, experienced people who are willing to you know sit down with you for a little bit. But that program really is going to uh, proof your uh, your business, kind of get you ready and get your business model ready. Um, and it's it to me, it's it's one of the most important uh, programs that I've been in, and I've been in a lot of great ones but uh, they're very dear to my heart. So here in Austin, uh, Devink is a great place to look into. What was the impact of that program for your business? Well, the impact was, and I was you know, going through my journey, but the impact was uh, they have a very uh, structured curriculum, which is a, a, you know, a proven one, modeled after a proven one. So they really take you through going back over your model, you know, making sure that you've, you've uh, patched up some holes, getting better with your messaging, knowing that you've got all your monetization you know, locked down. So you can really be in a position for investment if that's what you're seeking, or how you're gonna self-fund that you know, to continue to bootstrap. Um, but the relationships are integral. I mean, I think before you ask for external investment, you need to ask others to invest their time because this is the type of role that you cannot do on your own and you need people to um, 
you know, provide input, to provide, you know, uh, that mirror, as you were talking about earlier, to make sure that you stay on track. You get an executive coach, you join Div Inc., you've done some other accelerators. Over the course of this journey, what have you learned about yourself that you didn't realize at the very beginning of being a CEO? I think, uh, well, my mom used to say I was stubborn. But I think the adult term is resilient. We'll go back to that one. Yeah, <laughs> persistent. Um, but uh, I think it's movies is how I was born. But uh, I, I am, you know, uh, it, I have been, I'm self-aware enough to say, okay, when the signals are there that say that this isn't, you need to stop, I'll stop. But I haven't had that. It's really been a lot of, you know, affirmative um, signals. And so it's my job just to keep, you know, trying to make something out of that. And so... Fortunately, I have been able to be persistent and endure some of the trials and tribulations as you figure out what's your product market fit, what's the right way to get into the market, who are the relationships. Um, so I've been fortunate to be able to make my way through and endure that, but I guess it's, I guess it's just uh, resilience, the hustle. Back to the hustle. It takes a lot of that and your community. So you're, you've been pumping your mu your hustle muscle. I got my hustle muscle. I like yeah, that. like ripped. I'm hustle muscle. I'm ripped okay. right now. You can't tell, but I am ripped. <laughs> uh, fortunately, you, you've uh, been able to take advantage of uh, the money coaching, um, you know, sessions yeah. that Capital One uh, Cafe has to offer. Uh, you worked uh, with Amanda. Right. Um, what was your experience in realizing what that resource is about and was there a moment of aha that might be useful for other you know entrepreneurs and individuals of, uh, you know, of any kind that they can take advantage of yeah well first of all I was um, you know not aware of just this particular program or the offering and so it was really a, a neat um, moment because you are very much in a uh, you know you doing what's in front what's in front of your face and so what I think many of my colleagues would, would say uh, who are entrepreneurs is, you know, you don't stop. You're constantly figuring things out. Um, so what's important about our, you know, money coaching was just the ability to say, you know, Adriana, where are you? You know, what do you feel are you, some of your limitations or where do you want to be? And I know where I want to be. But I also needed to have the question is like, what do you think might stop you or prevent you from getting there? Or even if you get there, you're going to be exhausted. So it was just sort of this back and forth of, of uh, having, having someone uh, make sure that I was putting safeguards in place um, because it's something that you don't do intrinsically uh, probably as often as you need to. So I would encourage those of you, you know, listening, um, when you are thinking about starting a company or you're in it, uh, make sure that you, you know, take a look at some of the resources here and take a moment to stop, have someone very lovingly, you know, push back a little bit and make sure that you are not missing any opportunities. Um, you're putting those safeguards in place because if you care, are very clear about your vision, they can, they can help you get clear about them. But uh, it's a great resource, so I'm, I'm very thankful for our, our time. Yay! Yeah. And, uh, and I know before the show, you know, you had mentioned, um, you know, the guard, your guard came down when you had the opportunity to walk in, and there was no expectation of saying, hey, bring yes. your financials, we're going to get a magnifying glass, and we're going to go over, you know, scrub the numbers, right? right. Um, and when people hear, like, hey, I'm going to go talk to a money coach, that's probably what they're walking into. And, you know, they're, they're getting their bank statements, they're getting their credit card statements, and they're feeling like, holy cow, I'm overwhelmed already. And now I'm gonna have the conversation that many people might be resistant on even discussing because they're not proud of what that might look like. You know, you mm -hmm. open up the hood on the car and realize that, you know, you got a dirty engine, you gotta fix it, you don't wanna get your hands dirty to figure it out, right? Yeah. Um, so when you were bringing that up, you know, outside when we were talking, um, that's something that continues to come up in conversation with the individuals that are going through the money coaching sessions is like, 
It was about me first. It was yeah. about understanding who I am and where I'm at and where my goals are going to be in the future. Mm -hmm. And then reverse engineer it back to, okay, well, if you want to get there, now we got to do some dirty work and figure out how to get you there. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a really important point because it really, it, for me, um, you know, financially, that had that, but it was just figuring out, you know, it's your money, time, and energy, you said. So having that opportunity to just like, be able to show up somewhere, have a very trusted you know, coach to say, okay, I got where you, where you are, I see where you wanna go, and letting you, um, you know, troubleshoot through that was really helpful. And I, I made some changes uh, based on our session. So I got a couple of things knocked out. I mean, it really, it feels great. So uh, that's, that's a really great opportunity that uh, you guys offer the community. Aww. Um, <laughs> it's such a wonderful job. And one of the things when you're talking about um, people don't have to bring their financial statements, no. And it's not, like, we try to make the conversation, the whole experience to be as casual as possible. So you don't feel like you're going to um, sort of, I say, like, the, the, the suit behind the desk. It's like, not like we're sitting yeah. beside yeah. each other. <laughs> um, and, and then also, I would say that this is a service for anyone. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean... Um, that you're in trouble if you come to money coaching. Like, that's not your case at all. No. It's more like, um, I want to have a conversation, I want to realign my goals, or I want to figure out what the next step is a lot of times. And so it's really for like a, a wide range of different types of things that people might want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I want to know the next step, I want to grow in some way. And that's yeah. really what coaching is all about. You, you, you asked a question about how do you find that balance between time and energy? Um, and you know, when people are spending their money in places are losing energy, mm -hmm. it you know it drains them you know drains them and then it, then they have regret and then they're saying you know why did I do that and you know now now you have more distractions on your plate than necessary, uh, so understanding where you're spending your money at personally um, yeah. and as as an entrepreneur starting a business you want to take that money and invest it back into the right places and right. if you're putting your money and your time and energy somewhere else where it doesn't belong then you're always gonna be like, dang, why did I do that? Absolutely. Or you could be putting yeah. your time towards something that would be actually easier to put some money towards. And then you can put your energy towards something that creates more revenue. Yeah. You know, there's lots of different ways to fund. That's a huge that that's and that's a common cycle. So I, again yes. back to the entrepreneurs, you know, who are are, you know, are thinking about it. That's really one of the most common things is you end up doing all of it because you're the one who knows it. When in reality, there's like a 10% or 15% that is better for someone else who's so good at that to support you and let you fly the other direction. So that's kind of where, where we ended up recognizing, you know, I'm not so great with, well, I'm great with a lot of things, because so, there may be investors out there listening. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I also know, you know, you know where, where to get support to really uh, keep me as efficient as I can be. So I call that the thrive zone. How do you stay, as an entrepreneur, how do you stay in your thrive zone? How do you continue to push forward and do what you do best 90% yeah. of the time? Yeah. And then what you don't like doing, and it's a waste of energy, and, yeah. it's a, and it's not necessarily a waste of time, but it's a waste of energy. And you can go give that to someone who really loves doing that. And they do. And they do it way better, and they, they do, do it quicker. Yeah. And yeah, you gotta pay it's them. It's awesome. But you gotta pay them, but if you can stay in your Thrive Zone and go make revenue elsewhere. Absolutely. You feel, yeah. you feel more, you know, more accomplished yeah. and, and you keep on pushing ahead, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah, no, and that's a great, and that, that alone is a great project. I'd say anybody with that in mind, you know, show up and get, get that done. You don't have to show up with anything. Just show up and start uh, letting them talk to you about that. It can take something that feels like a schlock, like just yeah. really difficult, to being really, really fun yeah. in a relatively short amount of time. I agree. Um, it can change an entrepreneur's life, um, <laughs> really, yeah. truly. You said that the business didn't start the way you expected it to, um, because you know it's just kind of the way the journey happened. Right. Um, you know, wh where do you see your, like what's the next step? Where do you see yourself going in the future? 
um, as you continue to you know be part of more accelerators you know you're taking a money coaching session you know here with capital one cafe um, you know you're, you're broadening your 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 view mm -hmm. of your goals but you're also being very direct on where you want to go what does that look very like amazing. well so um, the journey you know takes time in our case being a healthcare company you have to really figure out like uh, you know skin is the largest organ in the body so there were many uh, conditions that we could have started with. So we've had conversations just with every potential, you know, healthcare entity around that. So figuring out what is our point of entry that has taken the first part of the journey. Once we locked in on that, it's been a very steady uh, climb. And that's the position that I'm in now, I'm very thankful for, which is, um, you know, we have really done a great job of putting all the due diligence in, de-risking it. So we are in a great position to be an attractive investment opportunity. So it'll be the first time that I seek external uh, investment. And I feel, um, you know, really pretty confident about uh, what I've done to actually put the company in that position. So that is super exciting. We, that means that, you know, with that investment, we can have our product in the market next year. Love it. Wow. Yeah. That's so exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. You say you're a good steward of your money. Um, you know, before you know, getting into business, uh, what did that look like? Like, did, did, was that just from your upbringing? Was that from a scenario and situation that you you know you dealt with some pain around money? But what what kind of gave you um, you know the the know how to say you know I got to take care of my financial situation personally uh, for the for the big term picture? Well, one of the I think first things I experienced early on, there's probably two lessons I learned uh, that that were interconnected, which was. You know, going to my undergraduate, I was paying for myself to go to school. Um, so I would work at a telemarketing, um, which I think you all still know what that is. Anyway, <laughs> at great pay. I mean, I would. Is that the, is that the phone that goes? Like, tick, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. It's telemarketing. Come on, you're not that. You're <laughs> so we. Uh, anyway, it was you know it was it was a call bank, uh, but not the boiler room. It was very. It was nice like this. But anyway. I would, you know, I did well, made great money, but it just like sucked the life out of me. And so the two things I learned was, um, you know, don't work. If some, if your work sucks the life out of you, it's just like it's just not worth it, no matter what the money was. Back to the energy. Yeah, back to the energy. And so the money didn't mean anything. And today, truthfully, I'm not driven by money. And so that is actually probably why I'm a good steward. It's like I'm not driven by money. I love, you know, relationships. Um, it's very simple for me. My work is my joy. Um, you know, when I'm when I think about being a good steward of the money, it's because there are other people that I you know want to support um, and fulfill the, the you know the goal of bringing a company forward. I mean, that's really what what drives me. Love it. Love that it. shows up in everything that you do and like the work that you do of helping people. Yeah. How you steward your money again to serve others. Yeah. This is a good example of how values really show up in all the it's parts of true. our life. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. it's, it's pretty consistent for me. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. Thank you. Um, you know, I appreciate, you know, actually, you know, opening up and, you know, speaking, you know, about the, the money coaching experience that you had. That's very important for, you know, our audience to understand, you know, from your perspective. And Amanda, I appreciate you coming on, you know, discussing, you know, how important it is uh, as a resource for people to take advantage of. And again, this is a resource, whether you're a customer or not, um, you can come in here and, and, and take part of the sessions that are available through Capital One Cafe. Uh, simply go on the website and, you know, register to, you know, get your appointment. Um, you get three free sessions or, mm -hmm. or complimentary sessions, sorry. Up to three. <laughs> so up to three <laughs> complimentary sessions. Um, and, you know, it's a great opportunity for, you know, again, understanding, you know, where's your time going? Where, where's your energy going? Where's your money going? And making sure that all those decisions are falling in line with your values. So we appreciate everyone, everyone coming in, taking the time to uh, listen to, you know, Adriana's incredible story. We look forward to great Thanks, success sir. from you in the future. And uh, guys, continue to stay in with Flow and Hustle. This is Capital One with Capital One Cafe here in Austin, Texas. And have a wonderful day.
Thank you.